on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Greg Matson. Well, more anemic offense for the Milwaukee Brewers results in a 4-0 loss to the Los Angeles Dodgers on a beautiful night for baseball at American Family Field. Just not enough offense once again for the Milwaukee Brewers. Shut out tonight here on the home field on just four hits. Welcome in. It is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. I'm Greg Matzik. Uh, we'll go to about midnight tonight here and take your calls at 855-616-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Craig Cushon from Belly Sports Wisconsin will join us. And I'm happy to be joined. Can we start with good news? Maybe we'll do that. We'll start with good news on the program because, as many of you know, uh, Matt Pauly, a presided over this program for about seven years and did a wonderful job with Brewers Extra Innings. Well, he's now a part of the St. Louis Cardinals radio network working for KMOX in St. Louis. We are very happy to report and introduce to you Dominic Contronio, who will be taking over for Matt Pauley with Brewers Extra Innings. Dom is fluent in all things baseball, in all things Brewers, does the Lockdown Brewers podcast, is a Bally Sports Wisconsin stat man for Brian Anderson. He travels on the road. you got play-by-play, Dom. Welcome to the family. I, I think that's a long enough resume. And, you know your baseball stuff. <laughs> I got a lot going on is what you're trying to say. Uh, I'm honored to be here. Honestly, thank you for your guidance. Thank you for believing in me that I would be good enough for this role. And I'm excited. I mean, just in these last year and a half here in Milwaukee, getting to know Brewers fans uh, with the podcast, with stats, or just yelling out at the booth here at American Family Field, you uh, you love your baseball here in Milwaukee, and I love baseball, and I just want to share that love with everybody here on WTMJ, one of the best stations in the country. And like I said, the honor is real, and I just want to you know, bring quality coverage to a team that deserves it and to a fan base that deserves it. And uh, once again, I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun down this final month and a half stretch. Well, and, and what our listeners will soon come to learn about you is that you have encyclopedic knowledge when it comes to the sport of baseball, and and I know you've got a laptop, and I'm sure that's an aid for you when BA needs a, a stat or two. But you also got stuff swimming around in that mind of yours. It's brilliant, and uh, I think our fans will truly come to appreciate that. Uh, baseball is a big part of your life. It's been always a part of my life, and I only went to state school. All right, so it's not like <laughs> it's a full encyclopedia up there, but uh, it's been incredible uh, with my life in baseball. For those who don't know, I've spent four years in minor league baseball as a play-by-play broadcaster. Uh, I've spent now the last two seasons here as a statistician with the Brewers and with Valley Sports Wisconsin. I also do it for the playoffs and for the national games on TBS. Uh, Grew up in this game. Uh, My dad's also a broadcaster with the Oakland Athletics. I've called spring training games the last five seasons. So baseball is through and through in my blood. And the fun fact about me is that I'm named after Dominic DiMaggio. Uh, my dad is Vince, and his dad was Joe, so okay. he knew all along that I was going to be the last DiMaggio brother, so <laughs> right? knew all along that I was going to be Dom. I was going to ask, uh, didn't anybody have an affinity for Joe, but it sounds like that was taken care of. Grew up in My dad grew up in New York, grew up in Brooklyn. His dad's favorite player was Joe DiMaggio. Ironically, my grandfather's name was Joe. My dad's Vince. And the nickname for Dom DiMaggio is the little professor, and he was short and was a center fielder and wears glasses. Well, I'm short. I played center field and I wear glasses, so it all worked out. <laughs> She's perfect. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to call in and join the party. Welcome Dom to the party as well. His first night hosting this program will be tomorrow. Uh, I'll be along for the ride a little bit, and uh, Dom will also be back in on Wednesday. Uh, Craig Cashon, Vinny Rotino, always part of this program, uh, the Bally Sports Wisconsin crew. That's, that's the good thing. You don't really need a lot of introduction. 
introductions to the folks you'd be doing the show with. You're, you're pretty familiar with everybody. I know. It's kind of wild that we're just going to go from handing stats over to Vinny or, or to Craig uh, in the Valley Sports Studios. And then we say, hey, you're coming on the headset, right? You're coming on in a little bit. So uh, no introductions needed with them and Augie and everybody. So it'll be a whole lot of fun to keep working with those guys. Well, we do want to get to the bottom of what is uh, ailing the Milwaukee Brewers here. And, you know, what's frustrating about a night like tonight and really against St. Louis as well, Dom, those are the kind of games you're going to play in the playoffs. And runs are going to be hard to come by come postseason time. The kind of pitching the Brewers have seen, the kind of arms you're going to run up against. And, and it seems like just that's the consistent component of this Milwaukee Brewers team against lefties, against some of the better arms. I know it's tough to hit, but there was just very little going on. No excitement out of the Brewers offense tonight. I mean, you look at the last two games in St. Louis in the extra inning win. They didn't have a single at bat with a runner in scoring position until the place runner in the 10th. Then Sunday in the loss, they didn't have a single at bat with a runner in scoring position. So here, Tonight, they finally have opportunities. They get runner on second base and nobody out multiple times, and they go 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. You're not going to win many games regardless of the opponent of who that is. And when you held the Dodgers to just four runs, you kind of feel like you let one slip, given the fact that you were 0 for 9. And you held the Dodgers just 1 for 7 with runners in scoring position. I think this was a much more winnable game than the Brewers may have thought, and obviously the offense once again, did not perform. Well, you pointed it out. I mean, right away in the first inning, two on, nobody out, and then it's a strikeout for Andy McCutcheon. So inability to put the ball in play really hurts the Brewers there. It happened again in the third inning, a leadoff double by Tyrone Taylor, a walk to Yelich, and then Willie Adamas strikes out. So put the ball in play, and typically good things are going to happen, but the ball was not put in play with enough regularity tonight. So 4 nothing the final here. We are just getting started here on Brewers Extra Innings. We'll break for the news. Come back with your calls at 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 2-1 delivery. Here comes Peralta. And this one hit to right and... Uh... No sooner said than done. Freddie Freeman has just hit his 16th of the year, and the Dodgers have a lead in the opening inning. Yeah, before the Brewers even got into the batter's box, Dodgers had a 1-0 lead. They would lead 2-0 in the fifth, and and quite honestly, 2-0 in the fifth, that felt like too much for the Brewers to overcome at a point where their offense is just not clicking on really any cylinder at all. Inability to have a sustained rally, piece hits together, gap shots. It's just not happening right now for the Brewers, and uh, it's a continuation of what we saw in St. Louis against the Cardinals. Welcome back in. It is Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Greg Matzik along with Dominic Controdio, and uh, he'll be taking over for Brewers Extra Innings, hosting the program throughout the rest of the season and hopefully into the postseason. We'll get to Freddie Peralta's night coming up in just a moment. If you'd like to join us here, it is 855-616-1620. Let's uh, grab Mike in Muskego. You're on Brewers Extra Innings. Hi, Mike. Hi, how's it going? Doing well. What you got? Thank you very much for taking my call. <laughs> yep, go ahead. Hi. Okay, yeah. I was just going to comment. Um, it's it's sad the way that uh, they they can't score runs. You guys covered it pretty well uh, before you talked. It was uh, you pretty much hit it on the head. Uh, I think what happened. And with the hater trade, I, at first I was really upset about it, but now I'm kind of seeing why they did it. I think that management has given up on uh, 
Uh, the fact that even if they get to the playoffs, it'll only be one game and done. Because I think they're, they've kind of come to the conclusion that they can't beat New York, Atlanta, or L.A. in the playoffs. And what they're trying to do is this is the first step in rebuilding the team for next year or the year or the year after that. And I'd just like to get your feeling on that. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Mike. Yeah, Dom, I'm curious to know your thoughts. My, my initial thought after the hater trade was they got one more move coming, and it didn't happen. It didn't materialize. I think they tried to get a bat. I think they tried to get multiple bats. And when they didn't, I think it was probably a stinging gut punch to every player inside that clubhouse because they didn't get better. They got a little bit worse uh, and have subsequently lost their lead. Do you view it how Mike views it? Whereas David Stearns looks at this team and says, I don't think we have enough horses. I don't think we can get this done, so let's let's sell a little bit. I'll, I'll use a football analogy, and I know we just talked about all, everything I know about baseball. I don't want to use a football analogy. Okay. <laughs> it's like punting when you're on the opponent's 40-yard line. You're right in that no-man's land where you know you're a good team. You know you need to make improvements, but you also know that if you do try to do something risky, you know, if you if you got a fourth and four on the forty two yard line on the opponent's side, like, ah, oh, if we do something risky, now they got they're got all momentum, they're gonna be on their side. If you do something risky whereas you sell the farm, as David Stearns and Mark Adanasio have said over and over, they don't want to sacrifice short term for the long term. They want to have as many bites at the apple. We've all heard that term a million times now, but they didn't want to make that big risky move. At the same time, I agree with you. They absolutely were left at the altar, I think, on a couple of trades. Trey Mancini jumps to mind. The Astros were linked to Josh Bell the entire deadline season. And then you blink, and Josh Bell's in the Juan Soto trade. The Astros knew that was coming, so they went and got Mancini before the Brewers had the chance to get him. I thought that was the best fit. A lot of folks said, oh, bring in Jock Peterson. He wouldn't have played tonight because a left-hander was on the mound. Oh, Joey Gallo, same thing. A left-hander was on the mound tonight. So it doesn't solve the problems of what was available in the market hitter-wise. There wasn't many power right-handed bats in this market this year. And the Brewers, I agree. They might have thought and looked at the market and said, you know what? Maybe this is, we just take a step back. If we make the playoffs, cool. Should be reloaded and ready to go with the same pitching core, healthy, in 2023. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, Doug, in the text line saying anyone who knows baseball could see this one coming tonight. When Mike Brasso is batting fourth, there's a problem. That tells us how weak they are against lefties. Time for one of the outfielders to come up. Maybe a little fresh blood could give a spark. Can't be any worse. I'll say it again. Just a 500 team. You look at the Dodgers lineup, it is stacked. I mean, that, if you try and piece that lineup together on a video game, the video game rejects the opportunity to put <laughs> that lineup together. Cody Bellinger is he's not the same Cody Bellinger that he was a couple of years ago, but he's still 16 home runs in the number nine slot. Like, that's pretty solid production. And you see Luis Arias on the mound, you see his numbers, you see the ERA, and you think, I, two. Two is my number. Can the Brewers get to two runs? Why can this team not figure out left-handed pitching with consistency? I think they lack power, legitimate power, against left-handed pitching. Because you look at Rowdy Telez, he finally got a start tonight against a left-handed pitcher, but he was down in the sixth spot. We don't see Colton Wong ever get a start against a left-hander. For some reason, Renfro's had struggles with left-handers this season. And McCutcheon hasn't been the same power hitter as he's been in the last couple of years as the Brewers hoped he would be against lefties. He's hitting okay against lefties, but... It hasn't been the same power production from him. And Willie's been in his slump. It, it, it's something odd about 
these righties have trouble with lefties. I, I, I can't put my finger on it specifically. And with Doug's point about bring up the minor leaguers, I mean, I think Sal Freelick would be the, the an obvious option if people want to say, oh, he was a first round to bring him up. I mean, I, I think Este Uri Ruiz is going to be on this team in September because what do you have to lose between bringing up Ruiz, who's already been on the big league roster with the Padres this year, who was acquired in the hater deal, who I imagine will continue to play well in AAA, and say, you can be the, the fourth outfielder over Jonathan Davis and actually get some starts here and there because he might be the future of center field for the Brewers for the next few years. I absolutely agree that Ruiz might be up sooner as opposed to later. And also, remember that a player has to have played on the roster by September 1st to be eligible for the postseason. So maybe that urgency may come a little sooner than Brewers fans may expect. Well, and with Ruiz, like you mentioned, his MLB clock has already yeah. started, right? Because he's had a little bit of time with the Padres mm-hmm. uh, and had a tremendous season at the, the AAA level and really combining his stats with AA. It, definitely a, a name to keep an eye on. And at this point, and I agree with Doug, what does it hurt? I mean, you're an offense that is starved for any sense of life and spark. I mean, where's Christian Yelich now? 0 for his last 25? It's bad right now. With six walks? He's just kind of fallen back into this abyss where you just wonder what his confidence level is. It, it was elevated when he moved to the leadoff spot. I, I had argued that maybe you should move down to the number six spot. Credit Craig Council for making him feel good, moving him up to the leadoff spot. It worked for a while, but now you wonder if he can even get it back. It's a lot of passive at-bats right now from Yelich. Uh, obviously, he knows he can draw walks, and he drew two more tonight. But when I see – I mean, you talk about Cody Bellinger. I mean – how how long ago does 2019 feel? Yeah, just ask With Christian Yelich, right? The belly versus Yelly, yeah, all man. the ads and the promos, and it felt like Milwaukee and Los Angeles were on this crash course again, and obviously that hasn't happened. We saw Yelich have a terrible throw from left field tonight. Uh, he is not the same defensive outfielder as he has. At least Bellinger has played continually good defense for the Dodgers wherever he is. But I don't want to make this just harping on Yelich. Yeah, he's in a slump right now, but he's not the only slumping he's hitter not. on the Brewers. I mean, Adamas is in a slump. Urias, aside from the home run he hit against Wainwright the other night, has generally been in a slump. And the Brewers, it's a, it's contagious. It's a cliche, but it's true. Hitting's contagious. When it's down, it feels like you cannot hit the broad side of a barn. But when you're hitting, it's a party of the bat rack like we saw coming out of the All-Star break. We know it's, this team has it in them. They just haven't tapped back into that that uh, that keg. Lane. Yeah, that, that series against Boston feels like ancient oh history goodness. as well, doesn't it? Oh my! I mean, that was the last series, of course, that Josh Hader was a part of the team. We saw the energy coming from that dugout. They went two out of three in a tough place to play in Boston, and and then everything's changed. Yeah, now they've got uh, let's see, seven out of ten against the Dodgers. Now six out of their next nine games will be played against the best team in baseball. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us, Craig Kishon from Bally Sports Wisconsin is here. He'll slide in for a moment too. We've got comments from Craig Council, highlights from tonight's game. There aren't many. Apologize for that. Plenty more to get to. It's Brewers extra innings on WTMJ. Three balls and two strikes. Getting loud here. The pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Went back to the fastball. 
That came in the fourth inning. Freddie Peralta was able to work himself out of a bases-loaded jam, striking out Cody Bellinger to end the inning and strand the bases loaded. That looked like it was going to be a big inning at the time. The Brewers trailed one to nothing. The lead was protected. And that was the final inning for Peralta, who was okay tonight, but four walks sort of damaged his pitch count. He was out after just four innings, throwing 92 pitches. Brewers fall to the Dodgers tonight, 4 nothing. the final, as we welcome in Craig Cashon from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. You can't keep doing this, Craig. I mean, they lost seven in a row earlier this season. They were 14 games above 500, then came back to earth. They rebounded from that. They got to double digits above 500 again. Then they lost six of seven. Right? You just you can't keep doing this and expect to be a postseason team. I know the Brewers are in it, but certainly their arrow right now is trending down. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting uh, difficult to kind of pinpoint exactly what the problem is and how it's going to be corrected so easily. Uh, I, I I still think, you know, as far as the as far as the pitching goes, um, they're they're still recovering in a lot of different ways, whether it's bullpen or trying to get their starting pitching reacclimated. I mean, you get into a series like this. I mean, Freddie Peralta is not the same Freddie Peralta he was at the beginning of the season before he went out with that shoulder injury and missed two months. He's still trying to get him himself back into midseason form, if you will, and this is a critical time for that so there's that when you you just have to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt here right now um and then the offense um for whatever reason it it just looks to me sometimes like it becomes forgetful uh like i i heard you and dom talking about that boston series right out of the gates after the all-star break things were clicking for this team then all of a sudden um they they the approach is different or maybe there isn't an approach or, you know, those, those are, I think are the, the frustrating things to watch the frustrating things to try to analyze the frustrating things for them to try to fix right now. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us here, it's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Yeah, Russ Threads. I mean, you look through the the whole getup of tonight's game. I, you know, it, who was the guy you needed to have up at the plate? I don't know. Rowdy Telez had a couple of singles, but it, there was there was nothing impactful to sort of keep an inning alive, keep an inning moving. You'd start off an inning, get a couple on base, and then there'd be a strikeout. So it, just the inability to put the ball in play kind of stunts your opportunity there. You hit a fly ball, maybe that's a productive out. You get a runner over to third, and when the run-scoring environment is so challenging, like it is for the Brewers right now, you have to find a way to put the ball in play, and their run scoring opportunities were thwarted by swings and misses. Yeah. The, I think the approach to this offense is, is been just a question mark all year. It, it, is it, is it going to be nine individual guys going to the plate uh, every night or is, is there any type of philosophy? And I, I'm sure that there is, I know there's a game plan of some kind, but I, I think we've seen, too much of the repetitiveness of it. It, it really does look like um, there's no way that uh, any team has the inability to advance runners. Um, and, and I'm not saying it's a choice not to, but sometimes it is individually mm. with guys. It, it just is. Um, are they capable of doing it? Some are, some aren't. But what we're seeing as a whole here right now just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I, and I said this, I know you guys were talking about you had a bad at the, the trade deadline. I was saying a month going in to the to the deadline, if you can't get a, a difference maker, and chances are you'd be going after one guy to be a difference maker, I'm not sure there 
is a guy like that that would make that difference for this offense. I, I think you need to change it up a little more than that, and I, I'm not sure they're, they were in a position to do that. And so, so now we continue on with this offense that we've been seeing not just this season but how last season ended and the postseason prior to that. And they have the ability to do some different things. Clearly, they're professionals. They're elite athletes. Um, but we're not seeing it right now. You know, it's easy to pounce on, you know, Hobie Milner for giving up a two-run home run tonight or, or Peter Struzlecki for – you know, having a run score on his ledger, even though it was unearned, you, you know, that run came across while he was on the mound. It's easy to pounce on Taylor Rogers for allowing, you know, the, the runs he did yesterday in the game against St. Louis. But that that's a component of this, Craig. But when your margin for error is that slim because your offense is giving you yes. nothing, right. like that's putting undue pressure on the pitching staff. I, yes, you, you got to perform. If you're on the mound, you have to get those outs. That's why you're being called upon to pitch in, in a tight game, as Hobie Milner was. But you can't make a mistake. Like that's where the Brewers pitching is right now. Corbin Burns goes seven innings and was unbelievable. And yep. it gets a no decision against the Cardinals right. because the Brewers' offense isn't quite there. Yeah. And look, when they won that game the other night, 3-2, to two, uh, and uh, they, they had um, Rodgers come in and then Williams come in and then Bush come in to save. I mean, that game to me almost felt like like a much bigger score than it was because the pitching was pretty much across the board as good as it possibly can be. And there were just enough runs scored, you know, to, to highlight and make that a good game. But it was 3-2, to two and, and the pitching had to be perfect for that nine innings, basically, to, to cover that spread. And you can't do that every game. They couldn't do it Friday night, and they couldn't do it Sunday and they couldn't do it again here, and it's just been an inability to to put these two these two halves together. I mean, it just it just is you know almost puzzling at this point. Yeah, it leads to an abundance of frustration, no doubt about that. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on around the league, games that affect the Milwaukee Brewers and their position here as they try and fight their way back in to the playoff picture. Still in the playoff picture, just on the outside of the postseason, looking in as uh, they have about 50 games left to play. More with Craig Kishon of Bally Sports Wisconsin coming up on the other side. Plenty of time to get to Craig Council and highlights from tonight's game here at American Family Field. Uh, American Family Field. Big night for baseball, beautiful night for baseball. Unfortunately, the Brewers shut out on their home field on just four hits. More Brewers extra innings after this on WTMJ. 2-2. Driven to left center. Deep warning track. Problems gone. Gavin Lux just hit a two-run shot out of here, and Dodger fans are happy. So are Kenosha fans as the local kid goes yard in his hometown ballpark. Brewers fall tonight 4-0. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm Dominic Catronio. Yes, new voice Greg Matzett still here hanging out with us, as is Craig Kishon. Welcome, so, Dom. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Craig. You're the man. Uh, let's look around. I mean, Gavin Lux, aside from him wearing Dodger blue, a Wisconsinite hitting a home run in Milwaukee against the team, obviously, the Brewers uh, he grew up facing or going to watch. He's the first time since 2012 that in a, a 
and Wisconsinite has hit a home run in this ballpark. That's yeah, pretty fun. And, and you know, I've been in this ballpark for most of these home games uh, since it opened up. That's uh, that's how old I am, my friend. But uh, <laughs> and and I and I'm saying that because uh, I, I truly don't remember a larger ovation and a bigger crowd for a local kid doing what he did tonight, and and that made me feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the same age as my oldest son. Uh, they've crisscrossed the uh, crisscrossed in the in the the high school baseball realms, and um, you know to see him get drafted in the first run out of high school by the Dodgers of all teams. I mean, it was uh, it was a proud moment for the state. I, I can't imagine uh, what his family was going through and he was going through at the time to be to be 18 years old and headed to the Dodgers and and having the team patience with him. You know, especially defensively, and it took him a while to get the back on. But, you know, look what he's doing this year. I mean, he had a home run here tonight. He's not slugging a ton, but, I mean, he's he's hitting near 300. That's pretty impressive stuff right there. And, and um, you know, he's he's filling a, a, a pretty big uh, position for this team that has 80 wins already and, and looks to me like it's uh, – I mean, they're they're on their way. That's for sure. I mean, someone could knock him off at the end, but he's a part of this. And to see the reaction behind the third base dugout tonight, it was uh, it's a good moment for the state of Wisconsin in baseball because there aren't many kids that have come out of the state. And uh, he's a great story. It is. It was really fun. You're right. That ovation, Brewers fans recognizing it, knowing the story. Obviously, there was a good handful of Dodger fans here tonight as well. Right. Uh, I, but, I but you can tell moment. who the family was. Absolutely. They were, they were standing and they were ready to climb over that dugout and give him a big hug as he was going in. I, I I'd wondered if he was going to acknowledge him or not, but he's he's all about business. He's he's you know he's smart to be that way and keep his head down. He's with his teammates first. That's his job. So the actual moment, though, for the Brewers, Hobie Milner was pitching. There's something odd about Hobie in that he needs to pitch in the fireman role, it seems like. When he starts an inning, that was the first home run he's allowed against a left-hander this year, third homer allowed all year long. When he comes in and inherits runners and he needs to get a couple of strikeouts or ground balls, he nails 27 inherited runners, only three have scored. But for some reason, when he starts an inning and is facing lefties, it hasn't quite been the same for him. And this kind of goes back to this bullpen in flux right now where the guys that you thought were reliable are suddenly maybe not as reliable. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, he, he's he's a perfect candidate that, you know, he was riding uh, sky high and, and pitching so well for such a long period of time. Same with Devin Williams that, you know, the, the times where they come back down to earth – probably are never the good times, never yes. the right time, I guess, for that. You know, Devin coming back down to earth was, you know, the first game he's pitching after Hader's departure. All that stuff is like, oh, see, there you go. And and it's easy to pinpoint that. But uh, probably a, a better point, just flat out giving up that the fact how good Milner has been coming mm-hmm. in with inherited runners. I mean, that's you're right. There's something about a guy that just feels it right away. I'm coming in. Uh, things are important right now. Not to say – pitching period to start an inning isn't but teams down a little bit and um you know it uh, for for that particular moment i guess you tip your cap it's it's gavin lux's moment yeah it was and it, it started so inauspiciously with a two strike hit by pitch and then right. you blink two batters later yeah. and it's a four nothing game as opposed to a two nothing game and what's so odd is that it was a four nothing final obviously but 
it felt like at times it was 40 to nothing, but then you also felt like the Brewers should have been up 4 nothing at times, given the how many times they left runners on base and what you saw from this uh, pitching staff and what Julio Rios did to the Brewers. What I look at, though, an unsung hero from this game has to be Jason Alexander. Yep. Saving the bullpen, going the final three innings against an elite lineup after all of his struggles in July and late June to come back to the big leagues in this new role where Yes, it's mop-up duty and it's not luxurious, but he still kept the Brewers down for nothing. You know, obviously the offense didn't happen, but he kept them. Yeah, a- absolutely, and and that's a great point because look, he comes in, pitches the final three innings, so he comes into the seventh. It's it's only a four nothing game. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, right? A lot of teams have scored four runs over the course of three innings and and come out with a victory at the end. You still have you still have plenty of outs out there. So he does his job. Hey, if you're if you're within three or four runs late, to me, you're still keeping you're still keeping your team in it. It's still up to the offense to get things going. But um, boy, the way things kind of fizzled out offensively here tonight, you know, as you said, they had some opportunities early, but they didn't create anything late. That's for sure. Yeah, eight five five six one six one six two zero is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're here with Craig Kishan. I'm Dominic Catronio. When you look at the Brewers' upcoming schedule, there's a lot made about the Dodgers and the Cubs and this upcoming, you know, now this is game one of seven in the next ten against these Dodgers. Do you have a number in mind? Is there a, a record that you would say, you know what, this is what I expect? And this is what I'd be happy with, or are those kind of the same number right now? I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting, Dom. You know, I've been posed that question, and I've thought about it. Um, and and I think the way I'm looking at this Brewer team, I I don't think they're I don't think they're capable of putting together a, a nice winning streak. I, but I think they're very capable of winning most of these series. Capable. Um, would they take a 12-game win streak like the Dodgers just put out, and how helpful would that be for sure? Uh, but I think, to me, it's all about timing here right now. And if they if they can start winning series again and they can get into the month of September, and for whatever reason, everybody's uh, all stoked up about this team having all these home games in the month of September – they start. They got to start winning at home now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they don't have the greatest home record. Period. Uh, so they they need to start winning at home to take advantage of being at home. And if they continue to win series, I, I think hopefully they're going to be in good shape. Especially, I've got that third week of September targeted mm-hmm. uh, as the Cardinals take that uh, San Diego, Los Angeles, Milwaukee three city road trip. I mean that's that's the toughest part of their schedule. If you're still in this position. By the by now, uh, at that at that point in mid September, and you're you're starting to win series. Hopefully, the Brewers will be in a, in a spot here to, you know, at least by then, to take a jump. And the saving grace with these games against the Dodgers is the fact that you get Brandon Woodruff tomorrow. You have Corbin Burns on Thursday, which means that as the rotation lines, you'll get two Corbin Burns starts against the Dodgers, which maybe gives you a fighting chance. And obviously, Woodruff's been great as of late too. Yeah, but, for sure. Good, good way. And and you know that that's part of their philosophy right now. I mean, look, that this is their strength of this team. It's about it's about the only thing you can plot out for sure to give your chance uh, team a chance to to win right now. 
Well, Craig, I know you got another show to get ready for tomorrow. We'll let you get back, get ready, get prepped, and uh, should be a fun one with Big Woo on the mound tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Brewers Extra Innings. You got it, pal. Welcome aboard, and uh, looking forward to doing the show again tomorrow with you. Yeah, can't wait. Awesome. Craig Kishan joining us here on Brewers Extra Inning. Get your t- your text or give us a ring at 855-616-1620 as Brewers Extra Innings rolls on. Strazlecki deals again. Mookie Betts, low hit ground ball to short. Adamas picks, throws off target. And into the camera pit. Down past the Brewers' dugout, and that will send Mookie Betts to second. Yeah, he would come around to score later that inning to get the Brewers a 2-0 deficit. The Dodgers would add on in the sixth inning. They would go on to win 4-0 the final. Just four hits for the Brewers. On a night where they left six men on base, that was the one air on the ledger for Willie Adamas in tonight's game. Frustrating game for the Brewers as the offense continues to struggle. Pitchers being held accountable? Yes. Late inning hiccups? Yes. Margin for air? Absolutely none right now for Brewers pitching. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here in the conversation. We'll get the highlights coming up in a few moments. First, we'll step in and hear from Brewers manager Craig Council, who spoke tonight about... Facing starter Luis Arias, a lefty that has pretty good stuff. He came in with gaudy numbers here, 12-6 and six with a 2.49 ERA. He now has 13 wins, and the ERA has gone down following tonight's performance. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I know we didn't score against Arias. I, I thought we had pretty good at-bats and did a decent job against him and made him work for it. We just, you know, we had, we had a couple rallies going and, and couldn't get the next hit. A couple leadoff hitters on, couldn't get... Couldn't get anything going. Um, you know, he's he's a good pitcher for sure. Um, one of the, one of the tougher starters in the league. Um, but yeah, in the end, we couldn't. You know, we didn't do enough um, to, to create offense. What about just the number of foul balls on, on both sides? Like just long, kind of grind out at bats. And... Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know that was kind of the story against Uri Urias for us. We just. Um, you know, we had long at bats. Yelly had a couple of very long at bats with with a bunch of foul balls and got himself back into counts. But um, you know, we couldn't put one in the gap or, or over the fence. With the way the relievers pitched, is it is it the depth and just the amount of guys that they can bring in playing games that that makes it so difficult to scratch across anything late? Well, they they have good pitchers. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough to score against them. Uh, they have a couple guys they had having really nice years, and you know, but you know, those are the guys we're gonna have to score against. Craig, do you think there's still time to turn around some of the numbers against lefties? I know that's we've asked you about this many times, but just can this group change that trajectory? Yeah, I mean, look, I think we still have a bunch of guys who have a a big track record of success against left-handed pitching, so. Um, you know, I, I absolutely believe we can um, and will. You like Blake Rowdy swung it against the lefty? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, you know, I think Urias is, you know, he, he's good against both sides. Um, but Rowdy, Rowdy had a couple nice at bats tonight. I mean, the Yelly had nice at bats tonight, so our lefties, our lefties did a nice job. What do you think of Freddie at pitch count? Though? Yeah, I mean, they just, they, they you know, to Sophia's point, they, they spoiled a bunch of pitches. He did a good job getting ahead. It wasn't like he was working from behind uh, with the, with that pitch count. He was he was ahead in the count, um, and, and I thought did a nice job. It's important you do that. They they spoiled enough pitches to 
just make the at bats long, and he's he still made pitches and got outs and, and did a nice job. But um, it it definitely builds his pitch count pitch count up. Yeah, the final line on Peralta tonight, four innings pitch, two hits, one earned run allowed, four walks. That's what really stands out here to amass 92 pitches in four innings of work. Yeah, the walks are going to be a problem. Three strikeouts, one home run allowed. Again, no support at all from the Brewers' offense. Freddie Peralta takes the loss. He falls to four and three with an ERA of a, about four and a half, a little under four and a half for Peralta. He's looked pretty good here in a couple of starts since coming off the injured list. Remember, struggled a little more at points earlier in this season, but uh, you feel good about him on the mound typically. Uh, the one thing that I noticed, Tom, in, in the home run he gave up to Freddie Freeman, you know, I it – it was 91 on a four-seam fastball, and I had to look to see if there was any break or bite. I was like, 91. That I, I was a little underwhelmed by that. Like It just seemed like that was sort of his sweet spot with velocity tonight. Um, it felt like his ball was hitting heavier than, at least that's what it sounded like to me, than 91. Uh, but an elevated four-seam fastball at 91 to Freddie Freeman should get hit out of the ballpark, and, yeah. and, and it was. It just It didn't seem like he had the normal gun velocity. That I'm used to seeing. He tapped a few 94s, and it's funny, that fastball, we had the uh, analysis over on, on Bally with Bill Schroeder noticing and immediately saying, he's not trusting his fastball today. He's not using it as much. And I point to that home run against Freddie Freeman. You said 91 miles an hour. We all know Freddie. 91 really looks like 93, 94 to the batter. And then when he is touching those 94s, it looks like 96, 97 to the batter. So... The fact that he didn't have that explosion, didn't have that jump that he normally has on his fastball, and one of the best hitters in baseball hits it out, that rattles a pitcher. And I think that's what happened to Freddie. He threw more than half of his fastballs for balls in this game. He was relying on his secondary stuff all day, which I think is why the pitch count got so high. It's hard to throw those for strikes, especially against an elite team that is patient at the plate. We talk a lot about the Brewers being first in pitches per plate appearance this season. Well, the Dodgers are second, so the Brewers are getting a taste of their own medicine of a team that knows how to spit on breaking balls, that they're comfortable taking a breaking ball for a strike. They're just basically taking a breaking ball for a strike. Okay, do it again. And Freddie Peralta had struggled with that because he is still trying to find his form coming off the I.L. Yeah, call it a silver lining. I think you're spot on with Jason Alexander. Three innings pitched. Saves your bullpen a little bit. Brandon Woodruff goes tomorrow. You always feel comfortable with him on the mound. But you have Brad Boxberger. You have Matt Bush. You've got Devin Williams. You're pretty loaded up should it get to a late-inning, high-leverage situation. So you feel pretty decent about that. Uh, I wouldn't say the Dodgers had to use a lot of their high-leverage inning guys, though, either tonight. So both bullpens uh, should have a pretty full complement of healthy and productive arms uh, if needed tomorrow night. Hoping for better here as the Brewers need to find a way to Kind of stick tight here in the NL Central Division and wild card race. Highlights from the game. There aren't many, but we will go through them coming up on the other side. It was a beautiful night for baseball, just not the outcome you're looking for here if you're a Brewers fan. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. Brewers Extra Innings continues after this on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Greg Matzik. A beautiful night for baseball at American Family Field. Freddie Peralta on the mound for the Brewers. Lefty Julio Urias for the Dodgers. After recording a pair of outs in the first, Peralta made his first mistake of the night. Two on delivery. Here comes Peralta. And this one hit to right. And uh, no sooner said than done. 
Freddie Freeman has just hit his 16th of the year, and the Dodgers have a lead in the opening inning. Bob Uecker on the call. It would be the only run the Dodgers would need for the game. Christian Yelich led off the Brewers half of the first with the walk. Willie Adamas then followed with a single. Brewers in business, but Milwaukee went in order the rest of the way. No run scored despite first and second with nobody out. Very similar story in the third. Leadoff double by Tyrone Taylor, followed by another walk of Yelich. Arias then struck out Adamas, retired Andrew McCutcheon on a fly ball to center, leading Mike Brasso, the cleanup hitter, in a position to produce. The 1-2. Called third strike. Took a curveball right down the middle. Brasso doesn't seem to like the call from Chad Fairchild, but looked like it was probably a strike from up here. Every scoring attempt the Brewers had wasted on the night, but the game stayed tight in the fourth when Peralta worked around a bases-loaded jam. Three balls and two strikes. Getting loud here. The pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Went back to the fastball. But that would be it for Peralta. 90 pitches, 92 pitches, I should say, thrown over four innings of work, four walks for Peralta, but minimal damage on the scoreboard. After two bays throwing air on Adamas in the fifth, Mookie Betts would score on a sack fly by Will Smith to make it 2-0 Los Angeles. An unearned run for Peters for his lucky. Hobie Milner would then work the six, and the Dodgers would double their lead. 2-2. Driven to left center, deep, warning track, problems gone. Gavin Lux just hit a two-run shot out of here, and Dodger fans are happy. Yeah, an absolute missile to left center from the Kenosha native, Gavin Lux. That made it 4-0. Not much in terms of highlights after that. The Brewers went down in order in the seventh inning, the eighth inning, and the ninth with Rowdy Telez, the Brewers' last hope. Here he comes, and a broken bat ground ball hit near second. That's going to be Justin Turner to throw him out. 5-3 if you go along with us. And this one is Four runs, six hits, no errors, eight men left on base for the Dodgers. No runs, four hits, one error, six men left on base for the Brewers. Luis uh, Julio Urias, I should say, picks up the win. He improves to 13-6. He lowers his ERA just below 2.50. Freddie Peralta takes the loss. He falls to four and three. Three hours, 12 minutes, the time of game. Played in front of a crowd of 27,084 here at American Family Field. Sometimes, Dom, you're going to do this highlight segment, and it's going to be like six minutes long. There are going to be so many highlights, you have to try and cram this in. We did not have to do that tonight. I I really brought a good one with me. There's not a lot of highlights in our system here. That's just kind of how it goes. There's not a lot of good stuff here for the Brewers, unfortunately, tonight. It was one of those nights. Look, there's 162 for a reason. There's good ones, there's bad ones, there's ugly ones, and then there's ones that you just want to go to bed about. And tonight was one of those. Right, right. Unfortunately, it follows a a series in which the Brewers lost two of three. I'll ask you the same question you asked, Craig. You know, I'm looking at this this 10-game stretch, seven against the Dodgers, three against the Cubs. What's the sweet spot for you? If you do this... You'll still be okay. You'll be in good shape. No harm, no foul. Move on to more winnable series coming up a little later this month and in September. What I look at is trying to go 500 over this next stretch of 13 games. Seven against the Dodgers, six of those against the Cubs. What I look at that, so you can be six and seven, seven and six, interchangeable in my opinion, and here's why. That means you're going to afford to be able to go two and five, potentially, against the Dodgers, because look, they're a 
talented team. They've won 80 games for a reason. They've beat up on good teams. And if you go 2-5 and five against those guys, that means if you do what you're supposed to against the Cubs and you go 4-2 and two against them, boom, that's that's 7-6. and six. You've won the majority of those 13 games. So, or, or sorry, it's 6-7, and seven, I beg your pardon. Math said state school earlier. But the, the point what I'm saying is that if you can do what you're supposed to do against the Cubs, you can afford a 2-5 and five week against the Dodgers because that's just avoiding the sweep in both of those series. Whereas if you take 2 out of 3 from both those games against the Cubs, both those series against the Cubs, you're right back at 500. You're feeling like a lot better of where you're supposed to be, and you're gearing up for September because, look, that team in St. Louis – Gave everybody a scare last year of what they did. You get hot at the right time, everybody's going to be scared of you. They took this team to extra innings almost last year in a wild card game. (laughs) Anything can happen in September. The Brewers just have to stay afloat. 500 is fine with me over this next stretch. Well, the Marlins do the Brewers a solid by shutting out the San Diego Padres 3 nothing. The Reds unable to knock off the Phillies, so the Phillies maintain, uh, in fact, add to their advantage over the Brewers in the wild card race. So now the Padres flip-flop with the Phillies. They're going to be back and forth here. Uh, you get the feeling. And uh, no game for the Cardinals. Uh, they did not play tonight, so they'll be back on the field at some point tomorrow. Dom and I will wrap up Brewers Extra Innings from American Family Field coming up after this. 4-0 the final as the Brewers lose game one of this four-game series. More after this on WTMJ. Wrapping up the program here, it is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Greg Matzik and Dom Catronio. Uh, if you missed it from earlier tonight, Dom will be taking over, hosting Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. He'll also be the primary voice on Brewers Weekly, which airs Thursdays year-round on WTMJ, unless there's a Bucks game or perhaps a Brewers game. He'll be taking over the podcast, the Brewers flagship podcast at WTMJ.com, and uh, pretty much owning our Brewers content. So looking forward to having you really immerse yourself in the role. I thought you just, why not just throw you right into the fire, um, no, we'll definitely bring you along here, but uh, your baseball knowledge is certainly outstanding as uh, you've got a long history of baseball in your family and uh, still doing stat work with Brian Anderson and the Valley Sports Wisconsin team. You're a fixture at the ballpark anyway, a very natural tie-in. Uh, perfect person to take over for Matt Pauley, who did so such a great job in this program for years. I'm honored to be here, honestly. Everything that has transpired for me in the last two years may come out on this program and the way how I ended up in Milwaukee and uh, if you make it out to Aaron Hills, you can always ask, "Hey Dom, is are you on the is Dom on the grass today? Is he out here? I'm still going to be caddying from time to time out there, and you'll you can find me in a lot of different places. So I've loved every second of it, and Brewers fans are incredible. They've welcomed me with open open arms, even when they're losing, like they are <laughs> lately. <laughs> uh, but it's been a whole lot of fun. I want to thank you as well for trusting me with this program, and uh, I really think this is going to be a lot of fun. This well, time, I feel like month. I owe you something because I, we've had to spend way too much time looking for some of the balls I've hit uh, out at the golf course. <laughs> I apologize profusely for that. I mean, yeah, I sorry, mean, I just had the yips that one day. Look, I mean, <laughs> y- you listen to your caddy. You give it your best effort. You don't talk back to me. You're not like, oh, I can hit this shot. Yeah, I've never practiced this shot in my life. Oh, I can hit it. Nope, you, you can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that. Uh, and also for any any person that's thinking about playing around at Aaron Hills, please hire a caddy. 
we're going to make it a much more enjoyable experience <laughs> for you. So uh, thanks to everybody who's uh, been involved and folks who have listened because I looped for them at Aaron Hills. So uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. We're certainly excited to have you uh, aboard. Don will be hosting the program tomorrow night. Got a note from uh, Mike in Broomfield, Colorado, saying, hey, Greg, this team has become an enigma and is sliding to a big hole of disappointment. They're floundering offensively as Craig Council remains steadfast in his analytics mindset. Things are not going to improve until Craig Council changes his M. Oh, I, I I don't know what you do about a night like tonight, right? First and second, nobody out, you pounce, yeah. right? That that is the time to pounce. And Andrew McCutcheon struck out in that situation. And just two innings later, Willie Adamas struck out in that situation. Guys you trust in clutch situations did not come up big or otherwise here for the Brewers tonight. That's not a situation where you lay down a bunt. That's not a situation where you're going station to station. You look to pounce because the run-scoring environment is difficult against a lefty that they had on the mound tonight. And it felt like as soon as they got one, it was going to open the floodgates for them in this game, given the starting pitching run they faced over this last week. I mean, you go back to the start when the walk-off by Willie Adamas in the last game here at American Family Field. Jeffrey Springs was dominant at times in that game, aside from a rough first inning. Then you go to St. Louis, and you look at Jordan Montgomery, a lefty, dominating. Adam Wainwright carrying a no-hitter into the seventh inning. Miles Michaelis dominating for eight innings. And now tonight, Julio Arias, without his best stuff, handling five innings. The Brewers have a sub two, or opponents against the Brewers, starting pitchers that is, have a sub two ERA over the last five games against the Brewers. They've had no answer for starting pitchers on the other side. Even a second and third time through, they haven't been able to figure things out. And that needs to change tomorrow against Ryan Pepiot. So that's why I don't have a lot of confidence if, the, if this team does make it to the playoffs. Because these are the arms you're seeing. And granted, you still have Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, and good luck with that for any team in the league, to be sure. But as I've talked about here, the margin for error is so slim. That that Brave series last year was was a great eye opener. Think of Game right? One: you Charlie Morton, not and Corbin Burns, just daring the other to blink. Right, and it was Charlie Morton who blinked when Rowdy Tellez hit the home run. Uh, and Max Fried was also outstanding, and uh, of course Freddie Freeman took Freddie Peralta deep tonight, and he ended the Brewer season by all practical purposes, uh, last season in the postseason uh, in Atlanta. So frustrating turn of events here for the Brewers. And the good news is there's uh, still about 50 games to play, and the Brewers are just a couple of games and one good series, maybe one good week from being back in this thing. But you cannot keep sliding like the Brewers have. They absorbed that, that stretch where they lost seven in a row. They've absorbed a stretch where they lost six of seven. Now they're kind of starting another stretch here if you consider what happened in St. Louis. So put it together, they've lost three of four. You keep tacking on to that, and it, you just, it, it becomes the point of no return, and all your cushion is gone. It's two games right now. It is only August 15th. And yes, there is urgency. Yes, you're running out of time. I get that. But when the clock, when the, it actually turns to September, because remember, we go a little deeper into October than usual this year, too. So when it turns to September, that's when it's real. Every game truly matters in September. Your scoreboard watching almost inning to inning at that point. Uh, and you mentioned the road trip that San Diego or that St. Louis has coming up. Saint, San Diego, by the way, has nine more games head-to-head with these Dodgers. And obviously the Tatis distraction is happening. The offense has been weird for them. Don't think that San Diego is just going to run away with one of those wild-card spots. They also have a very difficult schedule remaining. 
Certainly something to follow. You're paying attention to the Phillies right now. You're paying attention to the Padres right now. And, of course, you're paying attention to the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, who did not play tonight. We are out of time in tonight's program. I want to thank you for being a part of it each and every night here in WTMJ. Thanks to Craig Cashon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Thanks, of course, to our new host, Dom Catronio, who will be hosting this program tomorrow night. From American Family Field, we sign you off on WTMJ.